Despite concerns about a housing shortage, the Trudeau government is refusing to budge on its record high immigration targets. The gaming industry is pushing back against lobbyists from Canada's music industry, who are urging the government to use C-11 to regulate video games. Newly released CSIS documents reveal the extent of China's control over the media in Canada. Hello Canada, it's Friday, August 4th, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Ili Quentin-Antel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The federal government is refusing to budge on its record immigration targets despite concerns among Canadians about a housing shortage. Newly appointed Immigration Minister Mark Miller said that the Liberal government would keep its current half a million annual target and might even consider raising it in the near future. Miller said, quote, I don't see a world in which we lower it. The need is too great. Whether we revise them upwards or not is something that I have to look at. But certainly, I don't think we're in any position of wanting to lower them by any stretch of the imagination. According to calculations by Bloomberg based on Statistics Canada data and the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, for each newly constructed unit of housing, four to five immigrants arrived in Canada over the past year, the highest it's ever been since data started being collected in 1977. Miller says, quote, We have to get away from this notion that immigrants are the major cause of housing pressure and the increase in home prices. However, some prominent figures disagree with Miller's assertion that the record number of immigrants isn't causing a strain on housing. In June, National Bank Financial's chief economist Stéphane Marion said that the Liberal government's decision to open the immigration floodgates is a major part of the problem. Further, according to a recent Abacus data poll, Canadians overwhelmingly seem to agree that the target needs to be tempered, with 61% saying the Liberal government's target was too high, while 63% said that immigration is leading to problems in the housing market. So, Ellie, it seems to me that the Liberal government here is gaslighting Canadians. Miller says that he can't see by any stretch of the imagination why immigration targets should be lowered, and in fact, he has suggested that the government could raise them in the future. But we see the polls, we see what economists are saying. The record number of immigrants is contributing to the housing crisis. I mean, out of the 500,000 people we bring in per year, Uh, How many of those will go on to become builders or work in the construction industry? It's only a fraction, and I don't see that actually compensating for the number of people who will need housing. Does this make sense to you? Does his comments reflect the reality Canadians are facing, Ellie? Not at all. Look, this is an ideological target because we know the liberals, like other Um, global left-wing parties around the world are 
obsessed with mass immigration. I mean, Germany is obsessed with mass immigration. France is obsessed with mass immigration. And so are Trudeau's liberals. But this is not sustainable. This is a million people every two years. And we're building around 200,000 homes for these 1 million people, plus the Canadian buyers. This is not good. We already have a housing crisis. In fact, we don't even have place for them. I mean, migrants were sleeping on the streets of Toronto. And they say that we need the immigrants for jobs. But in Brampton, I saw this video on Twitter the other day. There was a grocery store that was doing a job there. The lines were insane. The lines went out of the parking lot and for blocks and blocks, the immigrants that are looking for a job. So no, I don't think it makes sense. And I think it's actually insane that he's suggesting that it could be more instead of less. Discussing immigration and, and reductions to immigration has always been a sort of taboo in Canada uh, from my experiences, but it seems that the conversation has opened up uh, in the last year, actually. We've seen more people willing to tackle this issue, and political leaders in Canada have relied on a consensus of Canadians supporting immigration, but it seems to be turning the other direction. Now, We've seen recently uh, conservative leader Pierre Polyev address this, and he hasn't really indicated that he's going to budge on this target. So where do you think Polyev is on this issue? Has he indicated that he will lower or at least adjust any of these targets? Uh, I will admit, Cosman, I'm a little disappointed in Pierre Polyev here because he talks about needing to build more homes and he's 100% right on that. We have a housing crisis. It is insane that it costs $3,000 for a one bedroom in Toronto, that it costs a million dollars for a small house or $500,000 for a sh the shack in Niagara, as he said. I mean, what I find insane is that that house is that expensive. Unfortunately, he has not spoken out against mass immigration. And we know that the lobbyist class in Ottawa, made up of the Red Tories and the Big L Liberals, love mass immigration. But Canadians are a little bit worried now because we don't have the capacity to welcome these people. I think he should articulate that less immigration is actually a caring. We'll take less in, but we'll actually be able to take care of these people. I don't think it's very caring to allow mass amounts of people into this country and then let them sleep on the street. So I think he has to change his message. And he also needs to remember Maxime Bernier, who has been going very hard against uh, over his attending of the World Economic Forum, is very clear on immigration. Bernie has ran two campaigns against mass immigration. And I think if Polyev really doesn't want CPC support to bleed to the PPC in these swing writings, he needs to have a tougher stance on immigration because Bernie has been very clear where he stands on immigration. Pierre has not really been keen to answer. Lobbyists from Accord, representing Canada's music industry, have pushed for regulation of video games under the Online Streaming Act, but are now facing pushback from the gaming industry. The Entertainment Software Association of Canada's VP of Policy and Government Affairs, Paul Fogelin, told True North that the CRTC should not be seeking to regulate video games as an audio-video broadcast in the same vein as a show on Netflix or television, strongly disagreeing with Accord's proposal. Foglin told True North that the federal government should not be in the business of submitting video game publishers and developers to broadcasting regulation. Foglin said, quote, 
Video games publishers do not fit the description of broadcasters, and we disagree strongly with any suggestions that the interactive experiences offered within video games should be further and arbitrarily broken down into individual audio or audiovisual elements. While the CRTC's draft regulations have excluded video games from the Commission's purview, a spokesperson at Canada Heritage told True North that the regulations have not been finalized as consultations will continue until made public at a later date. Accordus pushed the CRTC to delete paragraphs in the draft directive excluding video games from the CRTC's purview with the justification that video games have become an important facet of broadcasting in recent years. So Cosman, do you think the gaming industry will become more vocal on this matter? I mean, this would affect thousands of Canadians who play video games. Well, first of all, it's crazy to me that lobbyists supposedly representing uh, Canada's cultural music sector would be calling for more government regulation. I mean, there's nothing more stifling to creativity than government regulation. And to suggest that video games should be included uh, in this bill, it, to me, it's just, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. Uh, and I don't think video games uh, qualify for the things uh, which this law attempts to legislate. I'm kind of hopeful on this matter. I don't think that the government will include video games. They're already receiving s such a widespread public backlash uh, on this attempt to regulate online streaming. So no, I don't think this is going to happen. I think it's indicative of how far the creative class in Canada has strayed towards wanting more regulation, wanting the government to step in in every facet of everybody's life. No, I think you're, you're game on there. Uh, no pun intended. I think that, unfortunately, it seems that the Trudeau government has an obsession with regulating, 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 getting into people's lives, and we're seeing that here. But it makes me wonder, if the lobbyists at Accord get their way and the CRTC regulates video games, what's going to come next? Is the CRTC going to mandate woke DEI requirements for video games like the Trudeau government is proposing to do with broadcasters? Here's the thing. I'm not even sure that the CRTC would be equipped uh, to do what this bill is asking them to do. We have to realize that the CRTC has a very specific mandate and they're trying to expand that. So what are we talking about here? We're, we're talking about probably a broadening of the bureaucracy of the CRTC to even attempt to tackle regulating some of these things. So adding video games is just a whole nother layer or department uh, of bureaucracy. I think if this were to happen, what would Canadians expect? Uh, well, I would expect more pushback. I would expect more outrage, uh, potentially strikes from the creative industry, different creative associations. And, you know, you're right to say, should we expect, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion if this passes? I, I think so, yes, because it's an ideological commitment the government uh, already has. But uh, let's not forget that video games have already gone in that direction because there is pressure uh, in corporations 
from within corporations to push diversity equity initiatives. And I think we've seen that in some video games, like you'll turn on a video game and it'll give you a diversity statement at the beginning. So I think it would just get much worse. China's ability to interfere with Canadian elections is largely enabled by its clandestine takeover of Chinese language outlets as well as its influence on legacy media here at home. Newly released CSIS documents reveal that China has been providing substantial funding to key media entities in Canada in order to get more favorable coverage. China's influence over the media was reported by The Bureau, an independent media outlet launched by former Global News investigative reporter Sam Cooper, who first revealed that China had interfered in Canada's elections earlier this year. The documents also say that Beijing has offered benefits to Vancouver's Chinese consulate to supplant, quote, key editors, producers, and high-ranking managers. Some journalists have even allegedly been threatened during these various covert operations. The overarching objective of these operations is the election of politicians who are sympathetic to the interests of the Chinese Communist Party, while also subverting Canadian democracy, the Bureau claims. One example of this was when a senior Chinese consular official in Toronto summoned a number of Chinese-language reporters together and allegedly told them to privately support a certain politician that the CCP wanted to gain influence in the federal government. The alleged incident was confirmed by one Chinese-language journalist who wishes to remain anonymous due to security concerns for him and his family. Should Canadians be worried, Ellie, when they're reading media here in Canada, both, you know, foreign language media, but also legacy media, and it's talking about China, should they be taking things with a grain of salt over the potential of some influence as the Bureau has laid out here? I think that especially when it comes to Chinese media, yes, I think we have to take everything that is said with grain of salt. We know that they manipulated outlets during the election to get a result that they want. But I do think overall, and I've written about this before, that Canadians need to take everything, the legacy media, specifically the outlets that are either receiving um, money from the Trudeau government or that are lobbying for subsidies for the Trudeau government, we have to take everything they say for a grain of salt. I do believe that when a media outlet receives money from a government, whether it is our domestic government, the Canadian government, or a foreign government, there becomes a conflict of interest when they do certain stories. And I think it's an important time to note how crucial independent media is for Canada, especially at a time when it's under attack by the federal government with bills like Bill C-18. You know, we could effectively see Canadian news disappear uh, from Google and Facebook and Instagram any day now. So I would just like to ask our listeners to make sure you're subscribed to True North. Make sure you get our notifications. Go on our website and check out all the ways you can stay in touch with us. So, Ellie, what are some steps that the government particularly could take to ensure a free and independent press in Canada? Well, I think it's quite simple. Defund the legacy media and the bailouts and the subsidies, and most importantly, defund and sell off the CBC news bureaus, with the exception of the ones in remote areas that are essential. 
that that's the only way we can really bring back trust in the media. I also think that when it comes to China, the government has to launch an inquiry into this. This has been an absolute circus. First Trudeau refused to launch an inquiry. Then he appointed a quote-unquote special rapporteur who was the family friend and ski buddy and member of the Trudeau Foundation who had, you know, met Xi Jinping in the past and had came up with this report saying we don't need an inquiry that was, you know, quite undermined because a lot of people didn't trust it. This And he had to resign, David Johnston. So I really think two things need to be done. Defund the legacy media and call an inquiry. This is such a serious case, the idea of election interference. And the fact that our government is not taking it seriously is appalling. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.